Hey everyone, it is Sheila Zelensky for this Friday edition. Listen, I'm really excited about my guest today. Very quickly before I bring him on, make sure that you are one of my patrons. Very important, there's exclusive content that is only for my patrons. There is so many reasons to become one of my patrons. You want to do that because also in April, I have a very, very special perk. I don't think anyone's going to want to miss out on it. And I'm going to be making that announcement next week. You're going to want to become one of my patrons. It's very easy to get a hold of me and I take the time to answer every one of your questions, even if it takes me a while. My patrons are a priority. Thank you so much. Sheila Zielinski, Patreon. Support my work and I thank you so much for that. Well, it is my favorite non-501c3 pastor. He is a vociferous proponent and supporter of the United States Constitution. And why does he know anything about politics? Well, I'll tell you, he should know something about him. He ran for president in the 2008 general election. Ron Paul and Doris Baldwin for presidency in the 2008 general election. Such a good author. I could go on and on all day, but I'm not going to without further ado, it is the one, the only, Dr. Chuck Baldwin. Welcome back to the program, sir. It's so great to have you on. Thank you, Sheila. It's really great to be back on your program. I appreciate it very much. Well, I'll tell you what, Chuck, it is so timely to have you on. I almost fell over early, early this morning. I read this poll. Get this. And it's up there on Breitbart News right now. Poll. One-fifth of Americans want to repeal the Second Amendment. It is bad enough that this former Justice John Paul Stevens, he's calling for a repeal of the Second Amendment. Thank you, Donald Trump, for hammering that in your Twitter feed. This story up at Breitbart News literally caused my jaw to drop. And when you get into the headlines on all the gun grabbing, wow. You know, you got this bizarre North Carolina sheriff candidate. He made a campaign speech in which he affirmed killing gun owners if necessary. Hey, you know what? If we got to pry them out of your cold, dead hands, if necessary... This guy came out all the backlash. Oh, we're just joking. No, you weren't, you buffoon. You weren't joking around, you clown. You got this mindless little minion, David Hogg. Let me just put it this way. If Hitler had a daughter, he just reminds me of such a little... Anyway, that's a whole other show. And then just yesterday, a pastor told me, you know what, Sheila? I think it is time to give up the guns. Boy, does this guy need Chuck Baldwin's book because it's so relevant right now. Boy, you were way ahead of the curve on this. Timely. (laughs) It's, It's timely right now, Chuck. (laughs) Oh boy, is it ever. Yeah, I know it. It's amazing to me that these things have already begun. Florida was a huge setback for the Second Amendment. One of the most draconian gun laws ever in U.S. history just passed the state of Florida. And you got to remember, Florida is controlled by Republicans. Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican Governor. And the worst thing about the current rash of gun control laws, including the one that passed in Florida, they're in the process of passing it in Illinois. Washington State has passed it. There's been seven states that have already passed this, and there's 30 states total so far that are in the process of passing it. And that is the gun confiscation part of the bill based on suspected, and that's a really key word, suspected mental illness. First time ever in American history, a few days ago, the police confiscated a firearm from a man in Seattle, Washington, who had committed no crime. He had threatened 
to commit no crime. Uh, he was lawfully carrying his sidearm under the laws of the state of Washington. He was allowed to carry open carry, which he was doing. Never brandished the weapon, never took it out of its holster. But because some, some liberal anti-gunner was offended and reported him to the police and said he, made him, he was afraid when he saw the gun, and he said the man was staring at people and, and this kind of thing, the police came and seized wow. his gun. This is a man who never went through a court system. He was, he's never been evaluated professionally. Uh, he's, he's never been convicted of any kind of mental illness or any such thing as that. Based upon somebody else's statement, this man lost his right to keep him bare arms. Wow. First time in American history that that's ever happened. But seven states, including Florida, now have that law that the police are able, without any due process, without any medical evaluation of any kind, without, without any adjudication, police are able to come and confiscate a citizen's weapon without due process. Now, this is the most egregious part of all these bills, including the one in Florida. Now, the, the NRA has sued Florida because of the raising the age of gun ownership to 21, and they've sued on that, and good for them for that. But they've completely ignored this mental health part yeah. of the bill. The other thing that they're ignoring that's in the bill in, in Florida is that teachers in the public schools are going to be given a crash course on signs of mental illness, and they are going to be evaluating every student in their class from now on based on this very unprofessional, very, you know, limited kind of, of instruction on what to look for. And now they're going to be singling out kids in the schools. I mean, kids are kids. Kids are going to act crazy sometimes. I mean, you and I were kids once. <laughs> you know, kids are, you could almost translate any any kind of behavior to be some, some something's wrong with that, with that kid. And these guys are going to be, and gals are going to be singled out by the teacher. They're going to be thrown into a system where they're going to be going through additional testing. They're going to be re you know, either required or suggested that they get on all kinds of mind-altering behavior modification drugs. Yeah. You know, it's going to be on their record. It'd be on their permanent school record. It's going to follow them into the workplace. It's going to follow them if they go to try to go into a military career. Can you imagine later on when they do turn 21, 22, and they want to buy a gun, they're going to be flagged. Oh, you were shown with uh, suspicion of mental illness back whenever you were in the fourth grade. You know, this is going to haunt these kids for the rest of their lives. We're creating a literal Gestapo mentality among the teacher in the schools uh, as they try to protect you know, the, the students from the potential violent behavior, et cetera, et cetera. And this is all done under law. This is not just, you know, some school policy. This is Florida law. This is the law of other states that are implementing these. You know, Trump is supporting that. Trump is supporting the Fix Nicks bill, which Congressman Massey in Kentucky is trying to warn people about Fix Nicks. You know, the original Fix Nicks bill was, was introduced by Cornyn and Murphy, a Murphy a Democrat from Connecticut, one of the worst gun grabbers in the entire U.S. government. And when the original fix six bill came out under Obama, prohibiting the private sale of firearms between individuals, you'd have to go through a dealer to, you know, to buy or sell any 
gun, so private sales of guns would be banned. That was in the original, and regardless, it's going to put veterans and senior citizens in all kinds of problems under this same mental illness rubric. If you've been listed as a PTSD, if you're a veteran, or if you're a senior, and, and maybe you have somebody helping you with your finances, or whatever other decision you made as a senior in your life, could all be used against you as a sign of some form of mental illness to take your guns away. Trump is supporting that. In October, when I wrote my column, they're coming for your, our guns. Yes. And all the conservatives, Republicans, and Christians, and everybody, you know, nobody listened to that article. I got all kinds of hate mail and all this stuff. I listed 16 gun control bills that mostly Democrats were promoting back in October. And right now, Trump is supporting 10 of those 16 bills. And yet, conservatives and Christians, Republicans, whatever, they're comatose. They don't care, and they don't believe it. So, uh, Sheila, this is, there has never been a more serious threat to the Second Amendment any time in our lifetime than what is going on right now. What's going to happen in the next shooting after they ban bump stocks and the background checks and the, and the age? What if that doesn't work and it's not going to? It's a never-ending quest. They're never going to be satisfied till they disarm the people. And the other issue is mental illness? Well, that kind of sounds like Chuck Baldwin and Sheila Zielinski, those radical right-wing nutjob dangerous Christians. This is very dangerous and very sneaky. And you know what else? It's under the noblest of rhetoric, isn't it? They don't mind butchering millions of babies, but oh, gun control is an issue. Guns don't kill kids. Planned Parenthood does. But Chuck, we're already relegated to the depths of the dam for talking about this stuff. And and those are the nice ones, by the way. Well, we already have an we already have a precedent for that. You know, listeners that may be you know just kind of rolling their eyes when they hear you say that. We already have precedent for that. You know, back in 2008 and 2009, the state of Missouri police agency sent out their MIAC. Report. Oh, right. And you remember that? That was frightening. Yeah, like, period. they were going after even, and if you even said the New World Order, they were going to hunt you down. Well, they actually listed in the report that was put online, and it was distributed to every law enforcement agency in the state of Missouri. And they listed people that they were suspected of being, and they called them extremist or dangerous radicals to police officers and, you know, potential criminals, etc. They used that kind of language in the report. And then they listed a whole bunch of things, including some of the stuff you're talking about. People that believed in the in the return of Christ. People that, that believed in the right to life and who opposed abortion. People that opposed the New World Order. People that opposed uh, gun control laws. There was a whole list of them. And they even put on there, if, if people had a bumper sticker with Ron Paul or me, watch out, you know, to the police officer, watch out. These are potential extremists, dangerous radicals. And we found out about it, Ron and I, and, and Bob Barr, and, and we got the word out across the country, and they were inundated with tens and tens of thousands of, of objections all over the country. And we sent off a letter demanding a, a, an immediate a public apology and a retraction of the report. And they did take the report down. They never did apologize. They took the report down, and they reassigned the individual who uh, put up the report, uh, which means he probably got a promotion. And, <laughs> you know, nothing. No, Nothing was, nothing else was done. But so, but the point is, when you say something like, like you just said, and people say, "Oh, well, you're just, you know, you're just being hyperbolic." You know, this is reality. This is the kind of thing that's already been done. The fusion centers and the SPLC have been working together for decades, putting out all kinds of smear information to the police agencies around 
the country. Every police agency has received these things. I've seen many of the reports from various states, from police officers themselves. So I know what I'm talking about. Th- this kind of thing has already been going on. Now when you, when you couple something like this, an open-ended, undefined, ambiguous law, mental health, which even professionals have a hard time defining, and you're going to put it in the hands of teachers. They're not trained in this science, and neither are police officers. You're going to put this in the hands of gun control judges and gun control government bureaucrats who are going to define it as they see fit. This is going to be a very subjective definition. Oh, you know, like in Washington, in, in Seattle, the guy, the only, the only thing they could come up with to, you know, say the guy might be uh, suffering from mental health problems is that he stared at people. Oh, run for the hills, Sheila. <laughs> He's staring at somebody, staring at somebody. Holy cow. I mean, th- that's how flippant it was. But they used that to take the man's basic natural right of the right to keep and bear arms away from him by force, policemen coming with guns and disarming the man. And this is the kind of laws that have passed seven states. This is the kind of law that just passed in Florida. These are the kind of laws that are sweeping the country. These are the kind of laws that President Trump is promoting and supporting, not to mention the other egregious gun control laws like, you know, crackdown on background checks and eliminating the gun show loopholes and all these kind of things that we keep hearing yeah. from from the liberal Democrats. But the truth of the matter is, we shouldn't count on any politician, Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal. You know, Thomas Jefferson said, let no more be said about confidence in man, but yeah. bind him down with the chains of the Constitution. That's what we should be doing no matter who's in office. It shouldn't matter to us who it is. The Constitution is still the Constitution. The Second Amendment is still the Second Amendment. We should stand for those principles of right regardless of who's in the White House or which party controls Congress. And that's not what's happening. We are letting the Republicans get away with things that we would never let Democrats get away with. And that's why, at the end of the day, the Republican administrations are usually worse than Democrat administrations. It's not because they're worse individually or personally. It's because that the Republicans and the conservatives and Christians around the country sit back, go to sleep, lose the spirit of resistance, and let them get by with things that Democrats would never get by with. Yeah, that's right. And look at this mindless buffoon, liberal lemming Larry. That's what I call Larry King. I mean, here's the guy who comes on TMZ. Hey, I back repealing the Second Amendment because, you know, let's not forget the Second Amendment was created to, to fight off slave uprisings. What a clown show. This is Steve Quayle's word, circus ridiculous. And that's a whole show into itself. But listen, I'm speaking to Christians out there. I blame the pulpit. The pulpit is responsible, Chuck, for the the mess that we're in with this because they have no testicular fortitude, these spineless weasels. It's not bad enough they won't preach the gospel, but you're not going to hear them talking about these things either because they might offend someone. A pastor leads his church to turn in their guns. Are you kidding me? I absolutely blame the North American church for the dung heap that we're in. I've said it before. The people tell the government what to do, not the other way around. Like you said, the Second Amendment, Chuck, is designed to ensure 
sure that the American people always maintain their role as a citizen militia. I've said this years before Alex Jones ever said it. Ask Mao, Stalin, Hitler, Idi Amin, Pol Pot, all these, these ruthless dictators. The Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States is a bulwark against tyranny flat out. That's its fundamental purpose. And it, this is what I said the other day, it kind of just came out of my mouth. The Constitution, it's written to protect us from people who don't think that we need a Constitution. Isn't that ironic? Well, this is the beginning of totalitarian government, Sheila. Bingo. And that's what people better start waking up to to realize. This is the beginning of totalitarian government. This is exactly the way it starts. It, it starts out just the way it's starting right now. And you look at, at the historical examples that you just mentioned and even more current ones, and you see that we are in the beginning stages of that very same pattern. This is the beginning of totalitarian government. And, you know, this is why Tim and I wrote the book you, know, you mentioned earlier to keep or not to keep, why Christians should not give up their guns. Actually, we wrote the book after Sandy Hook. And, you know, I was noticing how that pastors in the pulpits were, for the most part, saying nothing about the attempted gun control at that point. I said, we got a we got to write a book. So we, you know, we really got cracking on it and we, and we put out the book to keep or not to keep why Christians should not give up their guns. And we go through the Bible. This is basically a biblical treatise, not a constitutional one. We go through the scriptures, Old and New Testaments, and we categorically prove that nowhere in the Bible does God require that his people disarm themselves, even if the government mandates that we surrender our guns. We should resist that order. And we go into the biblical and the natural law reasons why. There's a lot of books out there from a constitutional perspective. Second Amendment this, Second Amendment that, and those are all important. But I don't know of another book that deals with this subject from a biblical point of view. And there are tens of thousands of pastors, and your readers may be going to some of these churches and, and listeners. They are sitting in churches, and the pastors are either saying nothing about gun control gun confiscation, etc. Or if they say anything, they say things like, well, Romans 13 says we should obey the state, and so if the state <laughs> says we should surrender our guns, well then, as good Christians, we should surrender our guns. And people are swallowing that. They're sitting out there in the congregations, they're listening to that, and they're believing that. This is the pastor, he's supposed to know the Bible, he's supposed to be a man of God, he's supposed to tell the truth, and so they believe, well, that's biblical, we should give up our guns if they want us to, if they enact gun control, if they, you know, say, you know, I'm not mentally fit, well, maybe I'm not. I guess I should come again. You know I mean? They just sheepishly surrender to that fallacious philosophy put out by these pastors. And so we wanted to give Christians the biblical tools they need to realize, no, this is a lie. That is not what the Bible teaches. It's not what God teaches in His Word or in natural law. And we go through the entire Scripture, and we show positively that nowhere does God expect His people to disarm themselves. Self-defense is a duty that Christians and all mankind has before God. It's more than a constitutional right. Long time before it was a constitutional right, Sheila, it was a godly, divine, biblical duty. Yes. And that's the thing that Christians don't get. They only look at it from a constitutional, and they're very weak on the Constitution. Most people don't know the Constitution. They haven't studied it. They haven't been taught it. Most people know almost nothing about the Constitution. And so they look at it strictly from a constitutional perspective. They haven't thought about it as a biblical mandate, as a biblical requirement, as a biblical duty. We have a duty before God 
to defend ourselves, our loved ones, our, our neighbors, our communities, etc. So that is something that is lost to most of the Christians around the, the country, and so that's why we wrote the book. We wanted to show the biblical mandate that Christians have to be armed and to never, ever give up their, their means of self-defense. Well, and I'll tell you right now, that is a must-have book, and I think it actually should be mandatory for every God-fearing Christian in the United States, especially anyone who cares remotely about the Constitution, because as you said, these gutless, spineless weasels that call themselves preachers, and you're really the only exempt one. I could probably count on my hands the amount of men with just a titanium backbone when it comes to this. And, you know, you hear these clowns, oh, you don't need an AR-15 to hunt Sheila. That's right. But, mm-hmm. but it's not about out if the deer turn against us, Chuck. And this is the thing. Let's call all our AR-15s. Let's call it a undocumented 15, and maybe they'll give it sanctuary and leave it alone. <laughs> but but seriously, why do they want to take our firearms? Because you won't get in the boxcar willingly. Guns don't kill people, Chuck. People kill people and just happen to have a gun. Not only that, you know, more people are killed with uh, hard objects like hammers or rocks or things of that nature than than our guns. I mean, when you look at the overall uh, cause of death, guns is not is not even at the top of the list in terms of the actual inanimate object that is used to, to kill someone. You don't even have to have an object. You can use your bare hands to kill someone. Right. You know, this is what they're trying to do is they're trying to focus the uh, the people's minds on the object that is used, especially if it's a gun, if it's something else, if it's a knife or some other object that is used, you know, then you don't even hear about it in, in the news. But if it's a gun, then, of course, it makes front page news, national news, and so forth. And the object is to outlaw, ban the sale and possession of the AR-15 style the semi-automatic rifle. Because, as you said, the purpose of the Second Amendment was to allow the people of the United States to be their own militia and to be able to protect themselves against tyrannical government. In my column that that came out today, I I quote an excellent article from um, a fellow named Sobieski in The American Thinker. He said, Critics of the Second Amendment say they are not going after guns used for legitimate activities such as hunting. But when the founders wrote the Second Amendment, it was because the British were coming, not because it was the start of deer season. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. He goes on, in the hands of the British Redcoats, the musket was an assault weapon. In the hands of a law-abiding American, even those between 18 and 20, an AR-15 is what the Second Amendment is all about. Bingo. See, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, they're trying to force the American people to be dependent upon government to protect them. They don't want the people to be able to protect themselves. You know, they say, okay, well, no, we should only trust the police to protect us. No guns in the schools. Well, you know, look at this Florida shooting, and what did we see? We saw four sheriff's deputies, armed, trained sheriff's deputies, standing outside behind cover while the shooter was inside, you know, killing these mostly kids. They did not enter the building. They did not confront the shooter. They did not take out the shooter. There were four of them armed and trained professionals who stood outside the building and refused to confront the shooter and let the shooter have his way in the hallways of that school. But we are told after that, well, we're supposed to depend on them to protect us. You know, we can't rely on an armed teacher or an armed custodian or an armed staff member. You know, oh, no, no, they're not professionals. You know, we can't depend on them. They're more 
over risk and blah, blah, blah. And yet look what the professionals did in Florida to protect the kids in that school. Absolutely nothing. But they don't care about that. All they care about is that the American people are dependent on the government to take care of them. That's what this is about. This is about creating a government supremacy over the individual lives of the country, or that we are dependent from cradle to grave and mm. everything in between, we are dependent on government. We cannot depend on ourselves. We cannot take care of ourselves. We cannot make our own decisions. We cannot live freely. We must, you know, bow before the all-powerful state, get permission for everything we do, and even the basic God-given right and duty of self-defense must be ceded to the state. That's what this is about. And if the American people don't come to grips with this reality, especially the Christians and the pastors, this is going to be our future. And I, that's why I say this is the beginning of totalitarian government. Once they are able to take away the AR-15 style rifle from the American people, they will have rendered us, for the most part, defenseless. And I hear people say, oh, I've got a revolver, I've got a bolt-action hunting rifle, I've got a shotgun. No, a semi-automatic rifle is the only firearm that is capable of defending freedom in society. And when that is removed, we have become a disarmed society. And people don't understand that either. And that's what they need to start comprehending. And that's why the effort is so strong against the AR-15. Now, Sheila, you and I both think about this. One, one more point. What is going to happen with the next mass shooting? And yeah. you know there's going to be another one coming. They won't be very long. There's going to be another mass shooting somewhere. What is going to happen then? I guarantee you, whatever hesitation Trump has to going after the semi-automatics will be gone, and he will join full bore with the gun control Democrats in trying to ban semi-automatic rifles. That is going to happen with the next mass shooting. I mean, we've already got all these preliminary gun controls going down the pike and coming through the, coming through the queue. We've got Republicans all over the country on board. All it's going to take is one more shooting, one more mass shooting, and this is going to be all out ban on our right to keep and bear arms. And I'm telling you, people don't wake up and realize that this is already happening and that Trump is not holding the line. He's not standing firm for the Second Amendment, and neither are the Republicans in Washington, D.C., except for Thomas Massey and Rand Paul and a few others like that. And so if the people don't start waking up and screaming about this right now, this thing is going, is going to bulldoze the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms so fast and when, it, when we look back on it, it's going to happen with a Republican Congress and a Republican president. <laughs> well, the irony. And I know it's not all on one man. I said that in my show with Mark Taylor. It's not on one guy. It's up to us to vociferously anathemize these pariahs that are trying to grab our guns. It's the people. I'm going to say it again. We tell the government what to do, not the other way around. Everyone has a right to bear arms. And if you take guns away from legal gun owners, the only people who have guns are the bad guys. Because what will take out a bad guy with a gun? A good guy with a gun. And Chuck, I want 
want to remind people about Thomas Paine's impassioned plea in 1776. It didn't just foreshadow much of the substance of the Declaration of Independence, but it ignited a spark in the hearts of people. His urging of a new beginning in the struggle for freedom was distinguished not only by his idea, but more importantly by his fervent passion that heartened Washington's dependent army and countless others. You know, think about John Hancock, one of the signers of the Declaration. He said, I conjure you by all that is dear, by all that is honorable, by all that is sacred, not only that ye pray, but that we act. Why haven't we acted? Folks, freedom comes at a price. That's not some cutesy phrase. Freedom is not free. Hundreds and thousands more, like my grandfather, made the supreme sacrifice to protect our liberties and freedoms with their passion, blood, sweat, and tears, and even their very lives. And if we don't do the same, this once great nation and our liberties and our prosperity will be perhaps lost forever. And to God and to our children, we are each accountable. Exactly right. We talk about, you know, the verse in in Timothy where the Apostle Paul said, if a man provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith. And you're worse than an infidel. And, And what he meant by that is even the heathen infidels that do not have a Bible and have never heard of Jesus Christ, they have a written law in their heart given them by God that this is the right thing to do, that this is the the duty of men and women who have families and live in communities. This is their responsibility. This is an innate natural law given us by God. That's what Paul meant by that. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to read the Bible to know that you have a duty to provide for your family. You cannot provide protection for your family without being equipped to do so. Therefore, you you must have the means of self-defense. And in our society today, that means a firearm in the similitude of an AR-15. Without that, you are not in a position. You are not even able to protect not just your family in your house, but your neighbors, your community around you, that we as a community of people, that's the militia, are given the God-given responsibility to protect our communities. That is a biblical requirement. And if we surrender or acquiesce that, we, as Paul said, we have denied the Christian faith, and we are worse than infidels. Now, let's let the pastors get up Sunday and preach that sermon. You know, get up and tell their people, if you are not prepared to defend your family and your neighborhood and your community with the force of arms, you have denied the Christian faith, and you're worse than a heathen. Let, let the pastors get up in America and say that, and I tell you what, we would see a difference in this country. You know, think of it, 300,000 evangelical churches and pastors in this country. Think of it, if the percentage of them were doing this, think of the, of the way that the Christian voters, the Christian citizen would be speaking out and standing up in the community and on letters to news shows and phone calls and emails and making their voices heard around. I'm telling you, the pastors by themselves, by themselves, could change the course of the country and could put a stop to this burgeoning tyranny that's growing in our country. But they're not doing it. And the people are sitting in those pews. They're giving their tithes and offerings to those churches. They're filling the buildings, and they love the programs and the music and the smoke and the mirrors and the atmosphere and the feel-good and the entertainment and the recreation. And all they just love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And they're actually being lied to. They are being put to sleep and sedated by these 
preachers that are refusing to tell the truth and to sound the clarion call as a watchman on the wall like they're supposed to do. But I'm telling you, Sheila, that would be the ultimate answer. And I don't know, you know, what it's going to take for that to happen. But all I know is that our book is out there and it's available to Christians and pastors. It's available to anyone who wants to see the truth about what the Bible teaches regarding self-defense. We wrote that book first, Romans 13, The True Meaning of Submission. You know, we, we just got so tired of hearing these preachers talk about Romans 13 as meaning, well, whatever the state tells you to do, that's what you've got yeah. to do. Romans 13, you know, wants you to be a good little sheeple, you know, a good little serf. That's what the Bible teaches, <laughs> you know, be a good little slave to the state. And that's not what Romans 13 is teaching whatsoever. So we go into the scripture, we go back to the Old Testament, you know, we show the complete biblical teaching on the subject of submission and, and what it means and what it does not mean. We talk, we talk about the jurisdictional authority of human government. We talk about how that if, if you give to any authority, whether it's civil government or family government or vocational government or whatever type of government it is, whenever you give to that authority unlimited submission, you have made a, a god, an idol. And you have become an idolater at that point. And all human authority is limited and jurisdictional. And there's only one supreme authority, only one sovereign authority, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. All human authority is a jurisdictional uh, limited authority under Christ. And whenever the boundaries and, and the jurisdiction of that authority are overstepped or abridged, uh, it is the responsibility of people, not just Christian people, but all people, to defy that authority and to do so in a just and honorable way, but at the same time, to not give unlimited submission to any human authority. That belongs only and solely to God. And so that's what makes this book so, I think, valuable and pertinent to what's going on in America today. If Ben Franklin was right, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. That's exactly right. And that is a biblical truth. And we present that truth throughout the scriptures in both testaments in this book and give Christians the instruction scripturally, spiritually, and righteously that God has given us relative to the principle of self-defense. Exactly. Very, very well stated. It is time to hold our politicians accountable. It's time to hold our president accountable. You know, remind him, hey, you know what? Us deplorables, the ones out here who voted for you, remember us? We're not going to tolerate any gun grabbing. We just want to remind you that. And the most important thing that we put some pressure on these devils that are coming against the right to bear arms. It's time to get in our prayer closets. It's time to get in our prayer groups and home Bible studies and say, we are going to do some spiritual warfare. We're going to deal with these rulers of wickedness. This is wicked, folks, and we need to be praying against this. And that's why these two books are so they're just so timely and so important. And lastly, Chuck, this is one of the questions I get so much. Please give out your information about your church because so many people ask me, Sheila, do you know a good non-501c3 church? You're like the only person I know that has one of those churches. You have a great online service that people can check out the live stream. Give all the details out on that too. Talk a little bit about your church out there in Montana. Thank you very much. Yeah, we we came to uh, Kalispell, Montana back in 2010 and started Liberty Fellowship, which is a non-501c3 uh, Christian fellowship, and we've been meeting uh, every Sunday since uh, since that time. We live stream our service every Sunday afternoon at approximately 2.30 Mountain Time, 
so you can adjust that to whatever your local time is. But we live stream the service every Sunday afternoon, and then all of our messages are archived on our website so people can watch the full-length sermon at any time at their convenience. Uh, so all the sermons are archived online. The live stream is every Sunday afternoon at, about, at approximately 2.30 Mountain Time. And all they need to do is just go to our website, and that is Liberty Fellowship. MT, which is short for Montana, libertyfellowshipmt.com. And they can um, access all of the information that we have there on our webpage. You can find out about us. You know, we, we have a lot of material there on the website. And, uh, and of course, that's how they can access the live streaming, and that's how they can access the other materials and so forth that we have available. And if they want to visit, you know, we give instructions on how if they want to visit Liberty Fellowship. We have people that visit, especially in the, in the balmier months, you know, spring and summer and early fall. A lot of people come to visit Liberty Fellowship. All that's on the website. So, again, it's libertyfellowshipmt.com. Okay, so make sure you get this right, folks. libertyfellowshipmt.com and chuckbaldwinlive.com. Those are both linked in the description below. Go on over to chuckbaldwinlive.com. Get those two books we talked about. There's a banner there. And last but not least, I want to quote this from when Pastor Chuck Baldwin loved this quote, when my AR-15 becomes outlawed, I will be an outlaw too. Very, very astute words. Mm -hmm. Chuck, thank you so much for coming on the program. God bless you, sir. Sheila, you know, I just thank you for what you're doing. You know, there's a handful of us out here that are still sounding the clarion call, and you're one of them. And thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Chuck. Folks, that was Dr. Chuck Baldwin, libertyfellowshipmt.com, libertyfellowshipmtlikemontana.com, and don't forget chuckbaldwinlive.com. Both those websites are linked in the description, and you want to jump on over there and get your hands on both those books and do check out his Sunday services. Hey, speaking of Sunday, this Sunday I celebrate the resurrection of my King, Jesus Christ. Death couldn't handle him in the grave couldn't hold him. He is risen. I hope you guys look in the description below because I have a very timely show that I did with Pastor John Terrell. It's not just a show on the pagan roots of Easter Ishtar. It is really good. You don't want to miss it. It's short. It's great. It's there in the description below. I got it removed a couple of times, so I think I called it um, the Easter Bunny's Pagan Roots or just something like that. Check it out. It's a great show. It's also there in the description for this. Well, some people call it Good Friday, which actually, ironically, the whole show gets into that as well. So good. Check it out. And next week, wow, Tom Horn's daughter joins me. I'm just about done reading her book, and I cannot wait for this conversation. Donna Howell joins me next week, right at the top of the week. Well, of course, Monday is a holiday. But Billy Crone, I've wanted to get Pastor Billy Crone on my show for so long on a book that he just released. Wow. You are going to love this show. Have a very blessed weekend, everyone. Good night and God bless.